You're listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast focused on Germany, the United States, and the transatlantic relationship. Join us as we discuss economics, politics, security, and more. I'm Jeff Rafke, president of the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies at Johns Hopkins University. Very glad today on this episode of The Zeitgeist to have as our guest, um, uh, Walter Mumper, who was the governing mayor of Berlin uh, during the, the evening of the, when the wall fell, November 9th, 1989. Um, Mr. Mumper, thank you so much for being with us. Right, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, this is a topic, um, the fall of the wall, which we have talked about on this podcast before. Um, uh, one of our very first episodes was with the historian, Mary Cerati. Uh, we talked mm -hmm. about the book uh, about mm -hmm. the fall of the wall. And uh, I'm sure we will get to, to some of the particular details of mm -hmm. the evening of November 9th. But, but before we start talking about the fall of the wall, I thought I, wanted, I would just start by asking for your reflections on the 30th anniversary of German unity, which we, just, we, we marked uh, just a few yeah. weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as someone who spent his political life uh, dealing with questions of, of the two Germanys um, and then bringing Germany together, after the fall of the wall. Um, with 30 years perspective, how do you look at the German unity as a, as a success, as an area where you still see some, uh, uh, some unfinished business? I know it really is a great success. Um, both parts of Germany came together, uh, together. We had to learn from each other how the life was in GDR in the East Germany and the East Germans, they had to learn how we lived in the West. But that has come to a quite good end, although this process of learning from each other, of learning uh, the new circumstances of life in the last 30 years, that is still going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess it will go on for, for some time uh, to come, as, as you say. So I, I'd like to take that opportunity then to uh, talk a little bit more specifically about uh, the days leading up to the yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people people who who have uh, who have read this uh, uh, the fascinating histories will know a number of the major figures. Of course, uh, mm -hmm. are familiar mm -hmm. with the actions on November 9th of Gunter Schabowski. Uh, for mm -hmm. example, the Politburo member who announced that uh, that there would be mm -hmm. um, a, a, a an easing a of travel restrictions. Yeah. Uh, people yeah. are also, in some cases, familiar with the story of uh, Harald Jäger, the mm -hmm. uh, colonel at uh, the border uh, yeah. guard, um, uh, at the Bornholmer Straße who uh, ultimately made a decision to allow people through. Um, but mm -hmm. what I find interesting is uh, that, um, you know, this, uh, while the date of November 9th was a surprise, mm -hmm. the fact that there yep. would be a loosening of travel restrictions was not a surprise to you. Um, Gunter Schabowski had told you that, yeah. uh, that they mm -hmm. were going to let people travel more freely. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. And, and in particular, why do you think he told you that in advance? You see, in, in October 30th, we, we meet with him. Um, uh, Manfred Stolpe <coughs> has organized it uh, for, the, for the governing mayor, for, uh, for him. Uh, it was our first talk after uh, Honecker was gone. 
and uh, uh, Krenz was the new number one in the leading leading in the, in the SED, and uh, Schabowski was in the number two. And we asked him to have a meeting. We had this meeting, and at the meeting we talked about the GDR and how difficult it was to live there, and what he has to do as the um, uh, the, the local chief of the party for Berlin and uh, uh, how he worked and things like that. And he was very critical about uh, Honecker and the whole group, how they had acted, uh, how they had denied to, uh, to get to know what has happened in their country. And that uh, daily, then daily, two to 3,000 people left the GDR by, by Prague or by uh, Budapest and by Warsaw. And uh, so that was the situation they were in. And um, uh, he, he has thought about two or three hours about it. And then at the very end of this talk, he said, oh, by the way, we will give freedom of travel. And I said, what, what do you understand by freedom of traveling? Um, and he said, well, everybody who wants to leave the country can go and who wants to leave the country and come back can come back. Um, and uh, I said whether they had uh, started some things to organize and uh, to think how to manage it all. But then it came out, they had prepared nothing. Uh, the only thing was that he said, well, we, we still think whether we make a, a true law or uh, some, um, what do you say, some order, uh, some public order or things like that. And... Uh, he uh, he then asked us, what what do you think? What is the first, the, the most important thing? And we said, well, we should open new uh, border uh, crossing points. We only had in, from West Berlin to East Berlin, 11 uh, border crossing points. And they were always full up with people, uh, with, a, with a pensionist who could go and with a, a duty traffic who went and uh, went to GDR or came from GDR. Yeah. And then we started next, that was on Sunday. Uh, next Monday, the, the, uh, the partners of both sides, the, the civil servants who had to deal with these things, they started to talk about it and uh, uh, try to get new crossing points uh, where they had little little uh, building uh, to do, making no roads and things like that, because most of these uh, crossing points were, um, of course, uh, no longer, uh, no longer the road was bad and everything yeah. there. So, yeah, and then we, we talked about uh, with each other and we said, well, what will happen that? And what do you think? And first we asked him, what do you think? How many people will come the very first day where that is possible? And he said, oh, uh, don't care for that. We can steer it. We can steer it by um, only 2 million people of the GDR people have a passport. And, uh, when they and when they get a visa, then we can steer it and and uh, tell how much people will come there. And then I said, well, um, um, but you do it because the pressure is so high, the the public pressure on you. And he said, well, uh, doesn't matter. It's my case. I will we will handle it. And that mm -hmm. showed how they later on wanted to do it with this. Uh, administrative uh, um, thing he read 
uh, on November 9th. That was, uh, everybody has to go to the, um, to the passport service, uh, ask for a passport, get a visa, and then they will allow him to go out. So they, they couldn't imagine that that would be an enormous flow and that the pressure within their country was so high to get out of the GDR. And, and of course, at the time that you had this conversation with him, just 10 days before yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. actually wound up falling, um, mm-hmm. it was in the midst of progressively larger public demonstrations happening in all of the major cities around Germany, yeah, especially yeah. In, uh, East Germany, but especially yeah. in Leipzig. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm surprised um, at uh, Schabowski's confidence that the East German authorities could remain um, in yeah. control of this situation. Yeah. What yeah. was yeah. your impression after that meeting uh, yeah. at the end of October? Did you feel that, uh, that he and his, his uh, leadership had things under control? No, no, they had no control about it. You could see it by those who left the country. And from another another measurement for us was uh, the demonstrations in Leipzig. You see, uh, there they started with some hundred people. Then there were some thousand. Then there were ten thousand. Um, and at the very end in October, they were sixty thousand. And if you are have sixty thousand people. In the, in the streets, then you really can say it's everybody. Everybody was there, uh, and it was quite clear that, uh, that uh, there would come a kind of explosion, or what should I say? And the explosion then happened on uh, November 9th. That was it, yeah. Yeah, and, and so if we turn then to November 9th, um, uh, of course, people started to accumulate um, uh, at the border crossing points and especially at Bornholmer Strasse. Yeah. Uh, that was in the early part of the evening. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the steps that you personally took um, after mm. the announcement on November 9th of, mm. of uh, free travel uh, from yeah. Germany. When, mm. when you heard that announcement, did you recognize immediately that this was the thing Shabovsky had been talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, on the Western side of the city, we were the people who really were, uh, it was important for us to get to know how many people would come and how we could organize it. Um, so we made all the preparations for that. We started that the very next day on Monday um, after this October meeting. And uh, first of all, we had to, first of all, we, we, uh, we talked about the number. And in public, we talked about it in public, and we said the GDR will liberalize uh, their, their um, uh, border uh, regulations and so. Uh, but we, I, we didn't say it as quite as he said it, because we, we didn't really know what he do it. Will he do it? Will they, will they really, really uh, do it? So, and then we thought, well, about 500,000 people would come the first very, the very first day. Um, and in public, we only say 300,000 because that was the number when whole West Berlin was full with visitors from the rest. Um, and so people could imagine how many people that were. And um, so 500,000. And then next point was, how to transport them. You see, we said uh, one half of these people must come 
by by uh, just uh, uh, ask uh, someone with a car who takes them to this or that point. And the other one, the other half, 250,000 would get in by underground and by buses. So that means uh, 250 people in the morning in and 250,000 people in the evening out. Uh, so that was the biggest problem. And then our uh, public transport organization, the B4G, they said they could do it because they had it um, when when the air was uh, thick uh, by, by, uh, by um, mud on something like that. Then they had this, uh, this uh, way where they had to go with any kind of um, rolling underground uh, and uh, buses. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was the first point. The second point was everybody visiting us from the East could, uh, could get 100 marks uh, as the money to, to deal with, to buy things or that. Like, sort things of like wel that. a welcome, welcome um, uh, allowance. A welcome money, yeah, right. And uh, we had to pay this for the people. And uh, it takes quite a lot of time. And then I asked the bank system. They said they would open uh, day and night as soon as the day is there. Then we uh, asked the, the post office uh, organization, the trade unions. They organized it with the post office. And then we asked our, our Berlin authorities uh, to open uh, um, a changing uh, office um, at any kind of uh, kindergarten or office or uh, any kind of authority. And so we thought we had enough uh, places to change the money um, as soon as the 500,000 people would come. Well, and then all the rest we had to, we, 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 for example, we had to give a city plan for them uh, because in East Germany you could get no city plan uh, always West Berlin was a white spot uh, on it and no roads, nothing, uh, not to to help the people to escape. Um, and so we had to print it. Uh, we, we thought 250,000 for 500,000 people uh, to, uh, for e to each. Um, that would be enough. And that was difficult enough in the little town of West Berlin to get a printer who could do it in the night. And we found it. Springer did it, the big publishing company in Berlin. They, so they, we did, had that, to, they did that in one day. Is that right? So, sorry? They, they printed those, those uh, cities. They printed in one night. Yeah, they printed. was funny enough. It was in that uh, November 9th, you see, we, we had we had 10 days to organize it. And then it was uh, in that uh, night uh, on November 9th. So that in the morning of November 10th, they had all the papers, uh, all this uh, plans with the last and the first uh, underground uh, and the buses and the places of interest. And what can I do if I lose my child? Or what can I do if, my, if I lose my keys and things like that? Um, so we had that in that very morning, funny enough. So, so um, Mr. Momper, uh, one thing that you mentioned uh, struck me, and that is after you met with Gunter Schabowski at the end of October, um, yeah. and he talked about uh, these changes that were yeah. 
um, you you said that you spoke about it publicly. Um, yeah, there was a big. We made a press conference about the visit with Shabovsky, and we well, just a press conference. Um, it was nothing, no secret, nothing secret. But I, but you see, it was not the first uh, changing of traveling regulations. They had done it before. And they had done it before, and then the folks come out, the GDR parliament, they kicked it into the dustbin, uh, the regulations, because they were as, um, as bureaucratic and as, uh, well, difficult to handle uh, as before. So um, it was nothing, everybody expected the GDR uh, with uh, Krenz as number one, uh, expected the GDR to become a little bit more liberal and uh, easier with the regulations and uh, to try to get a better relationship with the rest. So it was nothing special. And uh, the papers just uh, um, uh, recorded it. And uh, the only thing was that I didn't say, <laughs> as, uh, as Schabowski has said, we give free, uh, freedom of traveling. I just said they were, they were liberalized that liberalize their uh, uh, traveling regulations mm. and will make it easier um, for us to visit them and uh, for them to visit us. And, but were you also trying um, to put a little bit of pressure on them by talking publicly uh, about the, this possible change? Um, no, we, you see, we expected, uh, since August 1989, we expected to, to that there would be a storm over the wall from the backside. Um, so that means that by some means of of uh, of uh, power, uh, people would try to get out. Um, uh, because it was quite stupid for them that they had to go to Prague and Budapest in order to leave the GDR, but couldn't uh, go to the next crossing point and cross it to the rest. Um, and uh, we, all, we, we were thinking about what would happen. How would it happen? What can we do? And the only, the only thing we really could imagine was that it would give an enormous shooting, uh, that the border guards would shoot uh, as they always did it on all people who tried to escape. And then, uh, then we, we had made, you see, the Berlin police had made a, a scenery for us how it could be, how it could be, how many people do you need to climb over the wall? For example, at Brandenburg Gate, where it was a little bit lower and not as high as everywhere. And then they said, you need about 1,000 people, 700, 800, 1,000 people. And then the border guards would shoot. Uh, they would uh, shoot as long as they have ammunition. And they had to get new ammunition. And then there was a pause. Um, where nothing happened and people tried to escape then. So we, we, we tried always to imagine, we discussed it, of course, with the, with the Western uh, Allied Stadtkommandanten, with the Americans, with the British and with the French, um, because they were, they were uh, for our security, that was their point together with our police, but we couldn't do anything else. And uh, yeah, uh, we so so we didn't we did not try 
to push this process. It would come by itself. It was obvious that the people um, wouldn't do it any longer. And uh, then it happened as it happened with Chabovsky's announcement, which was the best thing we could, uh, it, which could happen, happen yeah. to us. And, and then I want to focus on your actions personally on the evening of mm. November 9th, because mm. um, after the announcement was made, um, you made an unplanned visit to the uh, the Berlin television studio, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and and you appeared on the evening news broadcast uh, mm -hmm. uh, to to talk about this this announcement from. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, was that an attempt also to uh, to to make it hard for the East German authorities to reverse? Uh, their, yes. uh, their position? Yeah, that was the main aim of it, uh, that they couldn't go back and say it was a, they had done a fault or it was not meant like this, but quite different and so on. Um, that was the reason why I went to, the, to our SFB, as it was called. Um, and there I, I uh, came into the main uh, evening news at about seven o'clock in the evening and uh, they they showed first uh, the part of uh, the interview with uh, Shabovsky where he says that uh, traveling to uh, traveling is possible um, without any uh, special uh, uh, reasons you could go and um, then the the anchorman there he asked me and said, "Well, what, governing mayor, what do you think about it?" And I said, "Well, uh, you have heard it. It's a day we have waited uh, 28 years for. Um, it is a, a great event. It's a historic moment. And now everybody can come and visit us from the GDR and from East Berlin, and we could visit them. And we are happy to have them here. And." Uh, and I said, uh, we West Berliners will uh, have open arms for you and be glad to have you here. And uh, then thinking of how to transport the people, I said, well, um, if you come, leave your car home, uh, because then our roads would be full, uh, come by underground and come by S-Bahn and buses. Um, and... Uh, at the very end of it, I said it a second time. I said, leave the Trubbies and the Vardbox, that was their little, their GDR cars, <laughs> yes. leave the Vardbox and the Trubbies at home and come with underground and uh, with buses. And uh, next day in the morning, we then went with the underground because you couldn't drive on the roads. The roads were full with the little GDR cars and on the, on the, catwalks you couldn't go either and so we went by underground and i came into the underground and then an elder couple said to me oh um, we have seen you yesterday on the tv where you said the war was open i hadn't hadn't said at all anything about open wall or open uh, borders or something like that i just had done uh, uh, yeah i just had uh, talked about how glad we were that you could come to us and everybody could travel now and so on. And uh, then I asked them, what, what, yeah, what, what do you think, what have I said? 
Uh, and they said, well, first you said about uh, we are, the day we have waited 28 years for, but what do you, did you mean by that? You see, nobody really uh, counts down and said 28 years, what was the building of the wall in 1961. Um, and uh, then, well, they, they really reported very well what I have said, mainly they emphasized and said important was that you said we can come or we, we could come, but we should leave the cars uh, at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you see the impression for them was uh, there was something. Most, most people didn't really understand what Schabowski has said because it was a little bit complicated and uh, well, it was a little bit funny bureaucratic language and so. And uh, now they have said, well, we can come without the cars. And then they, at about eight in the evening, after I had this, uh, this announcement <laughs> in our TV station, you can see that they came to the borders from the back and uh, from the east side. And uh, first of all, there were 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. And at about 10, 12, uh, at about uh, at 11, there were 10,000 about uh, where, where Jäger was at the Bonheimer Straße. And they, they were so much pressing that they feared for their fences and so. And that at the very end, uh, Jäger was so, so um, uh, angry because nobody could tell him what he should do. And he exactly. tried to ask with the minister, and uh, they said, well, can, uh, uh, can Jäger count at all 10,000 people? And at, at that end, he, was, he got so angry that he said, uh, we, we shall open, uh, open the wall and let the people go. Mm-hmm. That was... Um of course, you know, your, your actions to seize the moment and to make it in a yeah. way irreversible, um, yeah. I, I think is, uh, is one of those um, uh, split second decisions that, uh, yeah. that people yeah. rare, very rarely in their lives uh, get to make. And, yeah. the, and November 9th, 1989 uh, has became a defining moment not only for people in Germany, but for people mm. like myself who were you know, growing up um, uh, in, in Western countries uh, and mm. were simply astonished um, uh, that, that a wall which stood for 28 years, as you said, yeah. uh, and nobody became irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, nobody had expected that. I, I, would, I would like to bring our conversation to a close by asking you um, a question about uh, what it's what it's like after living through a defining moment like that as a political leader in in a crucial position as you were, um, you know your political career lasted many years longer, um, and uh, in Berlin politics, um, did you did you ever feel that uh, that 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 high point um, that nothing could match that high point again? Did, how did that affect you as a politician? Uh, knowing that the greatest accomplishment um, in Berlin's recent history uh, was in the mm. past. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, that was the biggest moment in my political career, and uh, especially that it was so peaceful. You see, 
uh, in the night then on the crossing points, uh, the, the border guards did nothing, they didn't shoot nothing, uh, and it all happened without any shooting and things like that. And uh, that was very astonishing for me. I really had expected it would give some kind of shooting at the border and then the people would break, break through. Uh, that was really how we defined uh, it. But then it came quite different, especially because uh, Schabowski read this paper he has got from Krenz when he left the Central Committee. Um, that was uh, a, good re a good reason, a good start uh, for, a peaceful, uh, for a peaceful going over. This has been a, a fascinating uh, conversation, Walter. Yeah. I want to thank you for taking time to to share your reflections on mm. on those uh, you know, crucial days yeah. leading up yeah. to the fall of the Berlin Wall and on the evening yeah. of. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, and we we'll look forward to having all of you with us on the next episode of the Zeitgeist. And uh, yeah. thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Zeitgeist a podcast produced by the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies at Johns Hopkins University. Send us your feedback by email to info at AICGS.org or catch us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at AICGS. Don't forget to check out AICGS.org for more information from today's episode. Auf Wiederhören! <laughs>